Okay, we'd like to welcome you back. This is going to be part one of our next teaching um, regarding Todd Bentley, the Lakeland, quote, revival, uh, God TV, and a really what we're going to be actually trying to do today also is, is to actually show you that these particular men that are at the head of these ministries, and, and women many times, more likely than not, are generational Satanists or Luciferians. I mean, I'm just going to come flat out and say it. I've uh, seen enough proof just from this Todd Bentley debacle alone to uh, very confidently say that these people are just not deceived. They are deceivers. They are evil men and seducers that have waxed worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. See, they themselves are deceived and they're deceiving others. But... Although they're deceived, they know exactly what they're doing. And that's the point about today's particular teaching on this subject. Uh, I've sent out several emails this week. And if you want to subscribe to my... Uh, I have two lists. I have a health-oriented list and a Christian current event type of list. And if you want to subscribe to that, just email me. My email address is at the, uh, on the homepage of the uh, Sermon Audio site. And you can email me. Just let me know what list or lists you want to be on. And I'll add you on. But I've sent out several emails this week. And one uh, in which Todd Bentley, it's just a video, a little video clip, about 10 minutes long. And it goes, it actually, the, the one that I sent out is probably only about 2 or 3 minutes long. And it showed these clips from Lakeland where... The first one was telling where Todd Bentley said, quote, that the Holy Spirit told him to kick this lady in the face with his biker boot. And the reason that the Holy Spirit did this is because that was the reason she had not gotten healed. Because the, he was asking, supposedly, the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not the Holy Spirit. This is some demon or fallen angel that he's communicating with. And... He um, he asked the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit supposedly tells him, well, the reason she hasn't been healed is because you haven't kicked her in the face yet. And then Todd Bentley goes back and questions it, and he says, no, you need to kick her in the face with your biker boot. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can to quote this exactly. I've sent this, I'm gonna, I'll make sure I attach this with the email to this particular thing. So, um... Yeah. And supposedly he said when his biker boot, when he was kicking her in the face, and his biker boot contacted her nose, he said that's when she got healed. Now how could you kick somebody in the face and heal them at the same time? And what biblical New Testament precedents do we have for... Yeah, Jesus went around kicking people in the face, you know, punching people. We don't have that. We don't have that in the Apostles or any uh, account in history. This is insanity. The Bible says that everything should be done in decency and in order, particularly in the church. And that God is not the author of confusion. And that we're to be sober and vigilant, not out of control, lunatics. Fleeing all appearance of evil. How could, how could you kick somebody in the face if somebody from the outside world were to see that? And, and, and for them not to think that's evil. No, it's not fleeing all appearance of evil. But there's really not anything about this this supposed revival that's biblical. You know, they've long since done away with the Bible. It's all about experience or existentialism. And there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And then the next, uh, the then he goes on to say in this particular clip that then he, he had one guy that he had gotten this gigantic running start and God had told him to punch him in the stomach as hard as he could. So he punches this guy in the stomach, he says he drives him back several feet, and the guy falls on his back and his tooth, tooth pops out of his head. But it's all that matters is these people are getting healed. Okay, and then he talks about this lady that the Holy Spirit supposedly told him, okay, you go up to her, and you, she's laying on the ground, and you take her legs and you, and, you, and you thrust them up and down in the air while she's laying on the ground, um, and, and bang her legs up and down like a baseball bat. That's exact terminology. He's like a baseball bat. And supposedly she got healed. And then, then he says, the, the last one I can recall, was where the Holy Spirit supposedly told him 
Now this is these are these are fallen angelic or demonic spirits masquerading as angels of light. Okay, that are communicating with him. Of course, I'm not even going to give him that much credit. I, I do believe he knows exactly what he's doing, and we'll we'll go into that a little bit further later. But then he has this one where the he says that the Holy Spirit told him that. This particular pastor, the reason he hadn't got him healed is because you hadn't leg dropped him yet. So he said, the Holy Spirit said, leg drop the pastor, which is a wrestling move they do like in pro wrestling and stuff. One of those real theatrical moves. So he had to do that to this pastor. Now the Bible says in Matthew 12, 31, it says, Wherefore I send you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Then it says in Matthew 12.32, the next verse, And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world nor in the world to come. And then it also says that essentially in Matthew 12.10. So now, this is this is talking about the unparable sin, the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people, charismatics, would come to you and say, Touch not thou God's anointed. You better not speak a word against this prophecy or this this revival because you're going to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Well, the problem is, is when I compare what's going on in this supposed revival to the Word of God, it doesn't add up. It doesn't line up. It lines up with the move of the devil is what it lines up with. Okay? For so many reasons, just, you know, from the last teaching I did to this teaching, we're going to see a lot of these things. So, the reality is, is it seemed to be that the crux of the unforgivable, unparable sin was attributing something evil to the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, because when the Pharisees and Sadducees came along and said to Jesus, he cast out devils by the prince of the devils, that was considered in Jesus' eyes blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Okay, now these were also unsaved people doing this. Okay, but when Todd Bentley comes along and says the Holy Spirit told him that the reason this woman hadn't gotten healed is because you hadn't kicked her in the face with your biker boot. To me, that is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Because why would the Holy Spirit speak something so incredibly evil to you? So they're actually guilty of the very thing that they may be accusing other people. Because what they can do, they use that as a measure of control. By saying, well, you're going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit if you speak against their survival, or if you speak against TBN, or Benny Hinn, or Todd Bentley. You're touching God's anointed. By doing that, they're using that to try to intimidate and control people so that they'll be afraid to open their mouth against this type of heresy, which the Bible says we're supposed to speak out against, to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness, to have no fellowship with them, but to rather reprove them. The Bible says, Wherefore beseech ye now, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Well, that's the essence of, of Todd Bentley in this Lakeland revival, and, and so many of these other guys. So we're supposed to mark them. We're supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness. We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Jude. Jude 1. So, these are things that we're supposed to do. But see, they don't want you to do that because it exposes their unfruitful works of darkness. Okay? And that's why they're, they're, they're against people like me. You know, because they don't want to be exposed. Now, Psalm 4.2 says, O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? See, what they're doing, and actually we're going to read that in the next verse. Philippians 3.19 sums it up really good here. Regarding these devils, these, these, these false apostles and deceitful workers, it says, whose end is their destruction, whose God is their belly, meaning that they're, and I made reference to that in Romans 16, 17 and 18, the one I just said about marking them, which caused division and offenses. I made reference to that there as well. Because it talks about whose God is their belly. That means that they, their, God is their, their God is their fleshly appetites. Okay, Whether that be for money, whether it be for whatever. But m the love of money is the root of all evil. So ultimately it usually boils back to that. But whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. 
who mind earthly things. See, everything that's going up in Lakeland is very, very earthly. It's very, very, very worldly. We're going to go into that a little bit more, too. But see, I think that's the essence of this. Whose glory is their shame. If you go to these particular conferences and you put yourself under these teachings, or if you have TBN on, or Sky Angel on 24-7, the Bible says, whom a man has overcome, the same he has brought into bondage. You're, you're voluntarily submitting yourself to this bondage because you're letting these particular false ministries overcome you and brainwash you. And there's spirits that go along with this. So... This is something you want to be very, very careful about. Because these people have turned the glory of God into shame. And that's what they're glorying. They're, they're glorying in the very thing they should be shameful of. Isn't that a shameful thing I just read about? The Holy Spirit said, kick her in the face with your biker boot? I would be really afraid to utter such a blasphemous statement. Okay, but they have no problem. They have no problem. This is called, now the Spirit speaketh expressly, this is confirmation of this verse. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This is what Todd Bentley operates in amply. And all these other ones as well. They speak lies and hypocrisy and their conscience are seared with a hot iron. 1 Timothy 4.1 So, when Todd Bentley can utter something like this and have no conviction or conscience, when he can go and he can get tattoos all over his body, most of them are totally overtly occult or demonic flames and hexagrams and all kind of occultic writing. When he can get piercings all over him, when he can act like an absolute moron, an animal on stage, when he can justify kicking somebody in the face with his biker boot and tell... This is a guy that has had his conscience totally seared with a hot iron. He's speaking lies and hypocrisy. He has given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It's obvious. I mean, totally obvious that this is going on. Just compare what he's doing with Scripture. And that's why the Bible says to test the spirits, to see if they be of God. How do you test the spirits? You compare what's going on at a given venue to what the Word of God says. And this is everything the, the Word of God warns against. Now, just to reiterate, I didn't really touch on this in the first teaching. I found this out afterward. But I found this out. This is from Report of News Magazine, 430-2001. It's 2001. Faith healer Todd Bentley presents himself as a reformed bad boy who was once jailed for 18 months for crimes of an assault nature. End of quote. And breaking and entering in a hometown in Gibbons, uh, B.C. British Columbia, evidently. The truth is, most the most serious crime was more heinous, which was a molestation of a seven-year-old boy. This is a quote from Todd Bentley during this interview. He said, they were sexual crimes, Bentley admits. He says, quote, I was involved in a sexual assault ring. Sexual assault ring? And then he says, quote, I don't like to talk about it publicly because it would hurt my ministry. Oh, yeah, I think it would. And I think, you know what, it might kind of disqualify you from ministry. Where the Bible talks about the, the qualifications for a pastor or an elder or spiritual overseer. In the Bible, the husband of one wife and then the person is to be sober and grave and that they're, they're not supposed to be able to have things in their life where people could speak reproachfully of them. And you could go on and on about this. He's none of that. None of that. Therefore, he is disqualified from ever being, biblically speaking, in a position that he has elevated himself and that the charismatic church has put him in. It's a position he should have never ever been in from the get-go. I'm not saying God couldn't forgive him for something like that, or couldn't change him. But why would he then go on? I mean, we're talking, he had sex, okay, granted, that he was 14 years old. But he raped a seven-year-old boy, sexually assaulted him, I can only assume sodomized him, and he admits it, he spent 18 months in jail. There's something seriously wrong with a person that would rape a seven-year-old boy. Okay? Demonically wrong. And he admits in, um, the one I'm, I just listened to it last night, he admits that, that, um, that he was demon-possessed 
during this particular interview that I saw him, he still is demon-possessed. He's as demon-possessed as ever. And he is possessing those people that he is laying hands on with further and more demons. And we're going to explain how all this works. Now the Bible says in Proverbs 17.15, He that justifieth the wicked, and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. So, when I have these people emailing me about, you know, I'm a Pharisee, and I'm this, and I'm that, and, and trust me, the, 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 the mail, the emails that I'm getting, 95% are all positive. Okay. But the 5% that I get trying to defend Todd Bentley and this wicked thing, um, what are you doing when you do that? You're justifying the wicked. And you're condemning the just. But in God's eyes, they both are an abomination unto the Lord. So those people are actually an abomination unto the Lord. A lot of these people, I don't believe there's any hope. I believe their consciences are seared with hot irons. I believe they are part of the strong delusion. And that they will believe a lie. That they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. According to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Well, that's really harsh. How could you say that? I'm saying that the majority of people are going to fall into that category according to the Word of God in the end times. The Bible says, Narrow is the way which leads to life eternal, and few there be that find it. How could I, in any good conscience, say, Yeah, they're probably going to get saved. How could I say that and be truthful? I pray to God they do get saved. I don't want them to go to hell. But God knows the beginning from the end. And the Bible says that the wicked go astray from the womb. And that they are vessels fitted for God's wrath and destruction. And I did a teaching on this, on the indigo children. Okay, it talks about that. I'm not saying they're all vessels fitted for wrath and God's destruction. I pray to God and I do believe a certain one, amount of them are going to wake up and see. Hey, I was part of the hyper-charismatic movement. God woke me up. Okay, but the, pro- the thing is, is if the Holy Spirit truly lives inside you and is convicting you, why would you year after year after year stay in something, never have any, any reason to want to leave and propagate this movement and actually be used as a tool of Satan and not of God? How, if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, would that happen? Year after year after year, there's no conviction of sin, there's no chastening of God. And the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, you are bastards, which is an illegitimate son. So if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, you should be getting spanked. Like your dad would, because you're his kid, right? Well, these people aren't getting spanked. They're just thinking, oh, I just deserve to be blessed. I'm special. We're going to bring in the kingdom. I deserve to be healed. I deserve to be financially prosperous. You know what we all deserve? Particularly in America, death and hell. If the truth be known, and I'm at the top of the list, okay, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for saving my soul, and I know apart from Him I am nothing, and I don't desire to be anything apart from Him. Period. Okay, I amply acknowledge that, but if I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. These people think they're entitled to something most of the time. They're puffed up. They're proud. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit, you know, you can't have that type of attitude and be anything but an abomination before God. Because the Bible says, to this man will I look, in Isaiah 66, to him that is of a contrite spirit, a meek and a contrite spirit, and who trembleth at my word. There's not a lot of that preached in the church. There's not a lot of preaching on meekness, fear of God, fear of the word, you know, no, no. We just want, we want the goodies. That's all we want in the modern day church. So, these people that email, email me and they're justifying the wicked, I'll tell you what, I pray to God they get saved, but they, you know, they're, they're in a very, very bad situation. They're putting themselves in biblically. I'm just talking when I compare this to Scripture. Now, just as an overview of this, um, so we have this as an overview. Recently, Christian television, primarily, primarily through God TV, which we will be talking about today, God TV specifically, um, or the next teaching. I don't know how far this is going to go, but I have a lot of requests in the last two to three weeks to do something specifically on God TV, which is the main vehicle upon which this revival is being broadcast. Um, They've issued glowing reports of a, quote, revival breaking out in Lakeland, Florida at, quote, Ignited Church. That's the name of it. They're always obsessed with fire. It's, It's really, really ironically prophetic. 
because most of these people are on their way to hell. I will be absolutely dogmatically bold in saying that. Okay, again, how could you be so deluded and so deceived and stay in this and have the Holy Spirit living inside you and there be no chastening of God on you? And the fruit of the Spirit is not being exemplified. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. Oh yeah, I see a lot of that when I turn on the, if I turn on the TV and, and watch um, Stephen Strader, what they're doing up in Lakeland. It's mass chaos. It's confusion. It's everything the Bible says and warns about. Yet, they embrace it. So, this, is, this church is pastored by Stephen Strader. Every night, up to 26 million people, 26 million people, are being deceived by this movement, Todd Bentley, by this movement, Todd Bentley, who looks more like a Hell's Angel biker than a man of God. They're, de they're being deceived by this, okay? Um, Mr. Bentley is a certified false prophet teacher from the Elijah List, an umbrella group that markets all the bogus prophetic material their many seers sell. Many of these forerunners from the Antichrist are heralding this outbreak as the much-touted outpouring of the latter rain and the third wave. One of the main problems with Mr. Bentley's healings, though, is that he's doing so, admittedly, by the power of a supposed female angel named Emma O. Okay? Which is actually the ruling principality of hell, if we do the research. This is the same spirit that supposedly birthed the Kansas City prophetic movement and the Pensacola and the Toronto revivals, among her many accomplishments. <laughs> the Encyclopedia Britannica identifies Emma O in the Japanese Buddhist mythology as the overlord of hell. That's yeah, somebody I really want being over my revival. This information contained in this teaching is truly unbelievable, easily verifiable, and very well documented. Wendy Alec, who is the co-founder of God TV, prophesied regarding the latest outpouring of the unholy spirit in Lakeland when she said, quote, This is just the warm-up party. For what you shall see in the coming days shall even make these days pale, like pale in comparison, with what I have up my sleeve, end of quote. Now she is, again, here is a quote, prophetess, presumptively speaking on behalf of the word of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she prophesied on God TV that this outpouring at Lakeland is just the warm-up party. You know what? I agree with her. It is just the warm-up party. Because if you think it's bad now, Wait do you see what's coming down the road. This is why you better have your rock on the your house built on the solid rock of Christ Jesus and His Word. And you cling to His Word. You don't cling to any man. You don't cling to me. You cling to His Word. Okay? Because that's your only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. If I can act as a watchman or a teacher and help you, you know, praise the Lord. But ultimately, you have to rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. But she says, this is the warm party. For what you shall see in the coming days shall even make these days pale with what I have up my sleeve. I'm sure that's something that the Holy Spirit would say. Well, what I have up my sleeve, like this deceptive term. Because that's what you always think. Something up your sleeve is like something the magician would do. Like card tricks and things like that. Here's another clip I saw last night. Um, this is was... Um, from YouTube, it said, this is a creepy clip that I made of Todd Bentley, talks about being possessed by demons after being saved, after being saved. How does that work? Uh, this clip is taken from Todd Bentley's podcast called Supernatural Stories Part 1. And I watched most of it, and he was going on there, and he was saying how he had already been saved, and this guy came up, and, and supposedly the Holy Spirit told him to go up to this guy and tell him he had a demon. This guy laid hands on him. Supposedly 24 demons came out of Todd Bentley and, you know, all this other stuff. Now also, notice that he has got all of these piercings and all these demonic tattoos after he was saved. Okay, wasn't like the guy was in the Hell's Angels for 20 years and then all of a sudden saw the light. Because God could, you know, obviously God could do that. But no, no, it was the opposite. No, he got him after he was in the ministry. Where does that work? How does that work? Here's another clip I saw, and it was entitled Worship Leader at Lakeland Revival Dances Around on Stage and Then Mime Shooting a Gun at the Audience. Now, I saw this last night, and I, um, I don't know if I sent this out or, or I'm going to send it out, part of this teaching. And it shows the rock band, um, but it's Christian, so it's, it's okay. No, just kidding. It shows the rock band 
on stage at Lakeland, and I'm talking it's hard rock, hard rock, which is what I came out of a lot, a long time ago. And, I mean, these guys are going at it. And this girl's up on stage doing this tribal, it's very, very tribal, the beat. But it's hard rock at the same time. And she's up on stage and she's doing all these gyrations and, like, these robot movements and all this stupid stuff. She's jerking her head, going back and forth. And, and, and then she goes at the very, very end and she makes this, like, handgun type of thing, like, with her hands. And she starts and she goes and she's shooting the crowd and all these things. It's... And everybody's going crazy, thinking it's wonderful. It's like, she's their entertainment, you know. But I saw that last night. So, um, you know, what's up with this? I mean, I had this guy email me, uh, Michael. He emailed me, and um, I'm just going to read a little bit from this, this email. He says, I've been watching Todd Bentley at Lakeland on God TV to see what is going on, and I can say with un without a doubt that he goes way beyond the likes of Benny Hinn. Which is hard to imagine. And I agree. He says, I think in a few years these movements will further degenerate into full flesh feasts. I absolutely, totally agree. Like I said, if you think it's bad now, where do you see what Satan has up his sleeve? Because Satan's the one that has it up his sleeve. Okay? These will. These will ultimately degenerate into orgies. There's already been reports of women there that have felt as though there that there were spirits that were quote ravaging them from behind. Okay, now, I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail any further because I really don't know the details, nor do I want to know. But I'm just saying, this is what some of the reports are. People, you know, supposedly drunk in the spirit. They have feel like after they get hands laid on them that their veins are burning. Um, and not only that, but there's pastors that have had hands laid on them that have went back to their church, or either, even other people that have been healed, and they go back to their churches, and they lay hands on people, and the same things that are happening, so in other words, this revival's breaking out all over the world. Okay? And again, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. And when you follow your heart, it's always going to lead you down the wrong path. If I mean, unless your heart lines up with the Word of God, don't follow it. So, um, then he says, you can already see the markings of this now as you look on the many women who are more turned over to the spirits than some of the others. Troubling to say the least. Oh yeah, I was watching yesterday for a bit and they were doing the requisite offering plea to fleece the flock. Well, the guy who did the message flashed the El Diablo sign, which is the El Cornudo, which is the you know, horns of Satan sign. Um, well, the guy that was doing the offering flashed the El Diablo hand signal a number of times during his appeal for money. Oh, imagine that. Well, why would he do that? Well, we're going to kind of look at that in a second here. It is truly amazing as he did it so much I was stunned. It wasn't like he was some aberration. He kept doing it over and over. Um, all watched real time with no pictures that someone could protest as being mocked up or something. Amazing to see this in actually real time that this guy was doing this. So, um, and then he said, blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he posted an excerpt from a chat room board. And I read this and was very impressed with the insight this particular man had. And the reason I'm reading it to you is because this very, very much confirms my research into how the occult has actually infiltrated into the church. Okay, And then we're going to even look at this further. This is from this chat room at Godlike Productions, and it says, I once met a Satanist of very high power with angelic language tattoos up and down their arms. Okay, now this is a guy who was saved, but he was before he was involved in the occult, which I think is really, um, when you have somebody like that, they can give you a very unique perspective, because they've been somewhere most Christians have never been. And so then he says, so he, mess one, he once met a Satanist of very high power with angelic language tattoos up and down their arms. These tattoos were incantations to draw fallen angels to him so that he could impart their powers to others. Wow, that says a lot, doesn't it? He had these particular tattoos specifically to draw fallen angels to him so that when he laid hands on others, he could impart their powers to others. Okay? He says, I've noticed that Todd Bentley has these tattoos of flames coming up to his neck, with Chinese characters on his neck and the throat. 
He seems to be the same sort of conduit for spirits, and seems and that seems to be his theme. I believe that he is attracting fallen angels, which are much greater in power than mere demons. I agree. Okay, and if you if if you have any doubts of that, reference my teaching on the indigo children or the star children, and we talk about that. And then, um, so he's imparting these actual uh, evil entities or demons to those that he touches. Some time ago I watched as he performed a blatant witchcraft ceremony where the people write their prayer requests on paper and then light them up with fire. This comes straight from a pagan ceremony. Yeah, he's lighting prayer requests on fire. Yeah, that's biblical. I see that all through the New Testament, you know. Paganism, sure, yeah, you see it a lot. Okay, so this is what the Lord Jesus Christ was warning us of. It is going to be such a strong delusion to deceive even the very elect, especially if you don't try the spirits. The human mind is easily manipulated by fallen angels. Our charge is to be sober, to be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. Absolutely. These are demons, false religious spirits that have infiltrated these revivals. It is the same spirit that causes the shaking and the strange behavior in the vineyard movement, or the Toronto blessing of the charismatic movement. The demon is actually imparted to a person as a blessing or a, quote, spiritual gift. You're perceiving it as a blessing or a spiritual gift. But actually what you're getting is demon-possessed. But it feels so good. How could it be wrong? Hey, go talk to a new ager. They have the same experiences. Go talk to somebody that's in a high-level religious cult. Or into, or into high-level meditations and things like that. They have these same types of experiences. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says, He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, 26. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end of the ways of death. I quote a lot of the same verses over because so much of it confirms the Bible and it, I believe they need to be reiterated from time to time. So if we go further, it says these these the demon is actually part of the person as a blessing or spiritual gift. It is very powerful, this demon, and mimics the Holy Spirit in that it creates a spiritual high and a strange feeling of peace in the stomach area. Well, I don't know if exactly if that's how the Holy Spirit would always operate, but it's trying to mimic the Holy Spirit, or what you would perceive the Holy Spirit may do by producing the spiritual high or feeling of peace. Okay, It can cause visions and produce vivid dreams. It can give someone the faith to have the power of healing. Of course, I don't. That's not true biblical faith. Okay, this is this is this is not something that's that's of God. Okay, this is a demonic counterfeit. Okay, so these people that have these visions and these dreams, and now all of a sudden they can prophesy, they can do this and they can do that. That doesn't necessarily mean it's of God. Okay, the spirit. These spirits are aggressive when the Holy Spirit is not aggressive, and it will and the spirits will continue to guide the person using supernatural experiences, sometimes having an angel guide or a spirit guide. Again, this is very, very common in the New Age. Typically, the doctrine of the church becomes corrupt. The more of these demons that are imparted to the congregation, the more powerful the church becomes. Okay, because, you know, Satan is blessing this. Okay, so the more, typically the more powerful the church becomes to the point of even affecting people outside the building. The powers ruling this deception are running their course, becoming more organized, and the deception by stopping and barking and shaking and bizarre laughter of the participants. Okay, you're wrong. Then he goes on to say, evidently he's responding to something. He says, You're wrong about witches and Satanists not being able to mirror and mimic the activity or worship of the Lord, since they now have what they call Jesus demons. And guiding spirit angels, they can sing to their Lord Satan and do it in a convincing way in the church. Okay, this is something that people really need to understand. This is possible and it happens all the time. From my research in the occult, if you are part of a witch coven, you are assigned to a different church. And I've seen people that have come out of generational witchcraft interviews of these people and they say, Hey, listen, I was in a witch coven, I was assigned to a church. Males will typically be assigned to go in there and create as much division and um, strife and, and whatever as they can. If they can seduce one of the Christian women, all the better. The women will typically do the exact, well, do the same, but on a different level. They'll go in there, try to create as much division, gossiping, friction as they possibly can. Now, granted, they're not going to come in there and do this right off the bat. 
They're going to come in there and act like they're Mrs. Super Christian or Mr. Super Christian right off the bat. They're going to know how to quote scripture. They're going to do this and they're going to do that. They're going to look better than most of the Christians in there. They're, not good. they're going to know how to play the game better. And the, the women, if they can, if they can seduce the pastor or one of the assistant pastors, all the better. Okay, This stuff happens and it goes on. And it's one of the chief ways that Satan has tried to infiltrate the church. So, um, and then it goes on to say, uh, it will take spiritual discernment to uncover what is really going on underneath this facade. These people wrote the book about the mirror and the mimicking. And another question must be asked, is Jesus really the one who's receiving the glory? Or is the miracle and the sign and the man or the woman performing it receiving the glory? Exactly. Usually there is no raising of praise until a miracle has been manifested. All the focus is on the supernatural power. Remember, Jesus said, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And that that's the chief way the Antichrist is going to deceive the whole world when he comes on the scene, through lying signs and wonders and miracles. Okay? So this is just a precursor to what's coming here. Okay, so this is... All this is being whipped up by a frenzy of mass manipulation and hypnosis. It's mind control, essentially, what we're dealing with here. And um, this is mind control that's being much helped along through demonic entities and fallen angels. I believe that. That's how the mind control is taking place. And it's not the work of God. It's a whole different ball of wax if I am actively in front of thousands of people leading them into a witchcraft incantation disguised as a Christian prayer offering, which is what's being done here. Um, he says, I'm talking about misleading the people of God into the active realm of witchcraft that will undoubtedly lead the church into judgment. Well, the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And so that's where what we're doing here, I, I believe. The Holy Spirit is not poured out in an atmosphere that is overrun by infiltrators. In fact, the Holy Spirit is grieved. You cannot mix the cup of the Lord with the cup of devils. I just think he brings up some good points here in this in this um, little email here. He says, Most Satanists are trained to act like better Christians than the Christians themselves. Their queen, one of this, they have different rankings, but their queen told me that they will never allow a Satanist to enter a congregation that could not at least quote the Bible better than their own pastor. This is how much training these people received. Okay, What does that tell you about their dedication to their craft? Their craft, which is the word that the Bible uses in um, Daniel, where it says that he will cause craft to prosper in his hand. The one world religion of Antichrist is witchcraft. We're getting that in the churches now. Okay, we're getting mass indoctrination into witchcraft. Todd Bentley is probably the best example I've seen lately. And you know what? The worse it gets, to be quite honest with you, and I don't, mean, I don't say this in an arrogant way, I mean, the worse it gets, the easier my job and the job of other people exposing this becomes. Because it's so blatantly obvious now. You know, before when it, maybe a lot of this first started, you know, maybe you could question this, but now that it's become so flagrant and blatant, you know, it's it's really made our jobs a lot easier to expose this. So that was interesting. The Queen told me they would never allow Satanists to enter a congregation that could at least not quote the Bible better than the pastor. This is something you need to understand about churches. What does that tell you about their dedication to their craft? Nothing is as it appears, and that is why I urge spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment is not contending on things that appear before us. It is contending on the Holy Spirit's leading and that many here have given testimony of the same Spirit lead, leading them to be weary of Todd Bentley. Well, it's also just comparing what's going on with the Word of God. And if you just do that alone, you're going to know. That's going to give you the discernment that you need. And then he goes on to say, there's so much satanic infiltration in all the churches and all the denominations. When the Lord gave me... Um, the spiritual gift of discernment, this became so apparent that I had to leave ministering in churches forever. This broke my heart. I could no longer pretend that a person that I was shaking, who I was shaking their hand and partaking in communion with was my brother or sister in Christ when I knew that they were satanic infiltrators. It is an, it is an epidemic levels. I would have to totally agree. I mean, look at what's going on in the church. How could you say that this isn't happening looking at the madness of what's going on in these churches.
And there are so many lying signs and wonders that seem to be stemming from this infiltration. So see, I don't get impressed anymore if I hear somebody's getting healed or this or that. This is the chief way they're deceiving. It's the chief way the Antichrist is going to deceive as well. He said, I received word from my contacts years ago that these Satanists were training in these revival movements as infiltrators, specifically in the revival movements, Pentecostal. Now it seems that they have done such a good job of deception that they are now leading the people of God into the occult and subtlety, introducing the occult to congregations on a mass scale. The Lord Jesus warned us of this, and it is fulfillment of biblical prophecy when the Lord said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many, not a few, but many, shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, or literally, I am of the anointing of God. Or they're, you know, if they come to you and they say, Well, the Holy Spirit told me this. Well, isn't that kind of, that like kind of saying, you know, I am of Christ, Jesus Christ, is His Holy Spirit telling me this? Well, but Jesus warned us of this, and it is fulfillment of biblical prophecy when the Lord said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Um, already read that, I'm sorry. And when it comes from God, humility is king, not self. We just talked about this on break, okay? When it comes from God, humility will rule the day, the congregation, the revival. Repentance, humility, fear of God will be what rules. I mean, let's face it. If God were really moving in these particular meetings, wouldn't the first thing God do is is essentially convict us of our sin? Convict us toward repentance? A lot of these people are, are most of them aren't even saved. They're trusting in works, and this and that, and some man, in order to get them in heaven. They're not emphasizing humility or fear of God at all. Okay, and the Bible says to this man when I look, to him that is of a contrite and meek spirit and trembleth at my word. That's not being preached at all. Okay, so, this is one of the reasons we know it's not of God. Because hum- there's no humility, meekness, fear of God being preached at all. Okay, in fact, they teach that we are just basically God. We're just little gods. Okay, Todd wears a ring on the middle finger of both hands. That is a sign to the occultist that he's a generational, of a generational satanic bloodline. I mean, who wears, what man wears a middle thing, wears a ring on his middle finger on both hands? That's not a common place to wear a ring, number one. But he wears two. In fact, he's got them all over his fingers. But he wears two on each middle finger. That is a sign that he's of a generational satanic bloodline. There you have it. Just to let you know about occultic symbols, the middle finger is a finger associated with Saturn. And it's also translated Satan. Now Saturn has six, um, six letters in it. It's the sixth planet from the sun. And Saturn is essentially the also uh, symbolic with the sign of the hexagram, which is the six-pointed star. In fact, they call it the talisman of Saturn. I've done a whole teaching on the hexagram. Okay, well, that's the most wicked symbol in the occult. It's also the symbol on the Israeli flag. Okay, um, not to say that that means I condemn every Israeli or Jew or whatever, okay, but I'm just saying that that is the most wicked, highest symbol in witchcraft. Okay, it is not godly, it is not holy by any stretch of the imagination. It's more wicked than a pentagram, which is the five-pointed star. So, um, the, the, when you have a ring on your middle finger, okay, which is also the middle finger when you say, you know, I give somebody the middle finger, okay, that's like the worst thing you can basically do as far as a, a symbol, okay, um, the middle finger is the finger associated with Saturn, or Satan. The occultists use this imagery to show, show their dedication to Satan. The right hand signifying the right hand path of witchcraft, and the left hand to signify the left hand path of witchcraft. To those who still don't know what this means, the right hand path is usually the more pseudo-religious path in nature, associated with white magic, and using supposedly your powers for good. While the left-hand path is more satanic and black, it is involved more in black magic and explores the dark side of the force. When Todd Bentley has a ring on each middle finger, what he's saying is he's, he's embracing the right and the left-hand paths. Okay, the right-hand path. Okay, meaning he's going to appear as this minister of righteousness. He's going to appear like he's doing good. 
okay, which is the tenet of generational Satanists and particularly generational Luciferians that believe that they have to balance their good and their bad deeds together. Okay? And in this way, you can have some guy, like in the Illuminati, who maybe fancies himself a, the, uh, a philanthropist, who would go out and donate all these millions to charities, even though the millions they're donating is typically to some hospital, some self-serving thing where they're going to get whatever back. They appear as ministers of righteousness, but in reality, they're of their father, the devil, and of his works they will do. How does Satan operate at the highest levels? He operates through subtlety. Subtleties. The same way he appeared to Eve in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. The first thing he did is question God's word. And when you have a guy like Todd Bentley up here who's totally thrown out the Bible, isn't that questioning God's word? Isn't that, I'll go beyond that, isn't that despising the word of God when you teach all these unbiblical things? Okay, well, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 13, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. When you go and you embrace this type of stuff, and it's totally and clearly against the Bible, and you've thrown out your Bible a long time ago, aren't you basically saying you despise God's word? It's not good enough for you. You've got to have something new. You've got to have the new wine skin, or the new wine, or whatever, this fresh move of God, fresh fire. And that's weird, because that's the name of his ministry, Fresh Fire Ministries. And it's prophetically um, ironic that the place that Todd Bentley is going to burn in hell forever, in the lake of fire, unless the guy gets saved, and I don't believe it's possible that a guy like him gets saved. I believe he's wicked from the core, from the, from the, from the womb. As the Bible talks about, the wicked are straight, straight from the womb. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to play God, I'm not going to say he couldn't get saved, but I'm just saying it's very, very unlikely Somebody as deluded and deceived as he is with absolutely no fear of God leading people to hell like he is leading them. Very unlikely they're going to get saved. When narrow is the way which leads to life eternal and few there be that find it. Now I'm not saying God can't do it, but highly unlikely from a biblical standpoint. So if we go further, um, female witches use this uh, to signal one another. Um, and as far as this middle finger, the right and left hand path, female witches use it to single one another and to let prospective mates know what path of magic their training is in. A simple, plain, gold wedding ring on a female witch located on the middle finger is one of the highest symbols of occult power. Okay, So a simple, plain, golden wedding ring on a female located on the middle finger is one of the highest symbols of occult power. It is also a symbol of the bride of Satan. Lesser rings are more decorative types, but also worn on the middle finger to symbolize the practice of magic. You can identify satanic infiltrators by these symbols. Okay, now this would fall under, um, you know, lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2.11, I believe. So, if we are ignorant of Satan's devices, he can get an advantage of us, right? Is it possible for us to be destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6? Sure it is. Sure it is. So this is why these are useful things to know, particularly knowing that the time we're going to be moving into is going to be immersed in witchcraft. If we have no discernment, if we don't know what's good or bad, how do we discern these types of things? So, um, if we go further, it says that um, you can identify satanic infiltrators by these symbols, not always, but those are those that are proud of their magical heritage or their satanic bloodline lineage, will wear it as a symbol of their power. Look for advertisements where they are wearing the rings on their middle finger also. I just watched a DVD entitled, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege, and the bad wizard or magi wore a ring on his middle finger. In most films where there is a witch, they will always be wearing rings on their middle finger. This is well-recognized symbol to those in the occult. See, people that are Satanists or in the occult, they know all this stuff. I think I believe they just sit back and laugh at Christians. You know, they laugh at Christians when we celebrate Xmas and Ishtar, Easter, and all these pagan holidays because they know that these originated from paganism and the Roman Catholic Church just took them and, and essentially, quote, tried to Christianize them. That's they they think it's hilarious. And it helps their cause, really. Because they can practice their religion without any fear of persecution because all the other Christians are doing the same thing, pretty much. So it's easier 
to accept that he is doing this because of fashion or by mistake than to accept the fact that he is a satanic infiltrator deceiving people and bringing in all manner of lying signs and wonders by demonic manifestations. The reason we don't have real champions for Christ is because most of the body of Christ is afraid of Satan. I, I highlighted that. That last, that phrase that they just said, it's not the last phrase, but let me just read that again. This is somebody that obviously came out of a very, very, very high level in the occult. Okay? And is a born-again Christian. He says, the reason we don't have real champions for Christ in this present day and age is because most of the body of Christ is afraid of Satan. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. The Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, meaning the Holy Spirit is greater than he that is in the world. Meaning Satan and his demons and his devils and his fallen angels. We have greater power. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Okay? Do you have the faith to really believe that, though? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. So if you don't believe you have that faith, then you need to get it. How do you get it? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So that's something that, that is, you know, you can't please God without faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1. So it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, people that go to the Bentley revivals and things like this, they got to see it. they got to have it now. They, go, they want it now, this time. This, see, they don't want to wait. They want Burger King religion. They want it their way and they want it now. Okay, but that's not what faith is about. So, again, it just shows you how opposite true biblical Christianity is as opposed to this. So, just think about that. Um, you know, we're the body of Christ. All of us are called to different things. Okay, this is something that we should all be praying about. I would say, at bare minimum. Okay, for the Lord to expose, you know, the wicked, these wicked infiltrators, that, that through this exposing, God's name be glorified then all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that God would judge these wicked infiltrators. I'm not saying go out and get a gun. Okay, I'm saying that God would do it. Because if God does it, He's going to get the glory. Great fear will call, come upon many, and most likely a lot of people get saved. Just like when Ananias and Sapphira were, were killed in the Bible, what was the fruit of that? Okay, well, great fear fell upon many, many got saved, God's name was glorified. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. And this is what the essence of Psalm 64 is. Praying Psalm 64 for protection for yourself and your family. And that God would judge the wicked. Okay? And if it be possible that their souls be saved. But if not, because God knows the beginning from the end, that he deal with them in this life, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God. That hopefully many would get saved. So if we go further, he goes on to say, Todd Benley is a Satanist. And his purpose is to bring the body of Christ into a form of witchcraft and or spirit angel worship. We already talked about how he emanates and operates primarily through the power of the angel Emma. Okay, so this is where he's giving the credit. This is what started the Kansas City prophetic movement, the Toronto Revival, um, Brownsville. can all be traced back to the same demonic entity which the Encyclopedia uh, uh, Britannica defines as the main, one of the chief overlords of hell. Uh, why, he's really fleeing all appearance of evil. You know, with the tattoos, the piercings, the angel worship, the whole nine yards, the Christian rock bands, the, you know, kicking the lady in the face with the biker boot, leg dropping the pastor. I mean, hey, I'm sorry, but, you know, the spiritual discernment of these people at these meetings really is disturbing, to say the least. Um... We're just basically, with what Todd Bentley's doing, with bringing the body... I don't even say he's bringing the body of Christ. I think this is the body of reprobates, almost, and apostates. Not to say that every one of them are bound for hell, okay? But the vast majority, unfortunately, are. The, the bottom line here. Okay? But he's bringing this body into a form of witchcraft and or spirit angel worship, which is just basically one step away from paganism. It's really not even one step away. It's, they're doing it. They're in it. They're just doing it in a 
Christianized, candy-coated way, evidently. Satanic infiltrators do what is called playing the game. Satanic infiltrators do what is called playing the game. What does that mean? It is what 2 Peter 2 13b talks about when it says there are spots, there are blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Oh yeah, they're infiltrators within the church. Okay, angel of light spirits appearing as ministers of righteousness. It's no marvel though that they're ministers of Satan. It is based upon the Kabbalah, magic, where they're able to enhance their power by showing exactly what they really are but are doing it in a way that you can't see it unless you have spiritual discernment. See, they go in, that's why I think they think it's, this is probably really comical. They chuckle about it, I'm sure. Because they're going in, and based on the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah, the tenet I think he's, he's emphasizing here in the Kabbalistic magic, which is the highest form of Jewish um, witchcraft, okay, essentially. The Kabbalah believes that when you have an enemy, if you have an enemy and you essentially... Show who you are to your enemy. And you do so in such a way where they're powerless to do anything about it. That is one of the tenets upon which they draw power. Okay? And that's what they're doing here. They're actually able to enhance their power by showing exactly what they really are. Because this is obvious. What's going on here. But they're doing it in a way that these people can't see. Because they don't have any spiritual discernment. The prince of this world has blinded their eyes that they cannot see, as the Bible talks about. Satan has blinded them. They can't see. He wears, now this is about Todd Bentley, he wears rings that show his occult power and the, his standing in his office in that occult power. He further shows you by getting his tattoos and piercings with hell flames surrounding his neck and down his arms, representing that he's operating under demonic power. He also has incantations written on his body in Chinese letters. Now, I haven't seen these these um, translated yet. I really would like to see a whole you know, laundry list of tattoos with translations. If anybody has that, please email it to me. I mean, I, I gave a little bit in my last, my PDF on the on the thing, but, you know, not a, I, not by complete, by any stretch of the imagination. He also has incantations written in his body in Chinese letters, and these incantations are to attract certain demonic entities to mask his true identity. Remember the Satanists that he talked about had these demonic, these incantations tattooed on the body in order to attract fallen angels and demons. This is blatant demonstrations of his occult heritage and operating prowess that any Satanist can identify. See, the Satanists know this, but these pseudo-Christians don't. But since most Christians are so naive, they don't even suspect a thing. Hence, he's able to multiply... Um, his demonic magic. He is laughing and mocking all Christians who fall for his ruse while he is alone in his hotel room counting his money at the end of the night. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, if we go further, something else that I've seen infiltrate, satanic infiltrators do is while they are lying to you, they will shake their head in a no fashion. So they're, they're talking to you, but they're shaking their head in a no fashion. Meaning... They appear to be saying something truthful, but they're going no at the same time. Something they do in Satanism. So it's just something to look for. Like if a singer sings, Oh, how I love Jesus, but she's shaking her head no all the time she's saying it. Like she's in ecstasy. Yeah. And you see that a lot in, in, in singing and things. They're actually telling you, no, they don't believe that. No, they don't love Jesus. Again, they're telling you the truth, which is right under your nose while deceiving you all the time. They're playing the game. About 20 years ago, I began to encounter what I called Jesus demons that were being manifested in charismatic Christian church who were picking these demons up at meetings where generational Satanists posing as Christians were working the altars and issuing these Jesus demons to those who had come to be ministered to. Now notice that. That's a pretty profound statement. 20 years ago, he began to encounter these Jesus demons. Charismatic churches, which are the most easy church to, to manipulate and to, and to infiltrate. The church that I went to, I remember there was somebody there that was an infiltrator, and they must have had a key because they were breaking in and they were leaving bones and ashes on the pews between services. And it wasn't anybody's imagination. It was really happening. Okay? 
And they tried to essentially kill me. Because I was the one that was the main one coming against it. Even though I was deluded and deceived in my own right. But still, I think God, you know, was trying to use me there in as much as he could. And I got out of it shortly after that. But um, they tried to kill me through witchcraft. Okay? They almost accomplished it. And I've given that testimony and other things. But um, I had a lot of open doors. Because I was in this church. Because I was reading a false version. Because I was embracing a lot of things that weren't truth and were heresy, I had a lot of open doors. So see, their witchcraft had a lot higher likelihood of working on me because of all the open doors I created. I admit it. Okay? Um, so, if we go further, um, so he's talking about these Christian demons. Where generational Satanists posing as Christians were working the altars and issuing these Jesus demons to those who would come to minister to. Think about it. The chief place a Satanist would want to be would be at an altar laying hands on people. That's why the Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man. Not these guys. They'll lay hands on you like crazy. Okay? Because they realize the power in that. At first, these Jesus demons would bring healing. Listen to this. This is interesting. At first, the Jesus demons would bring healing and a sense of euphoria to the believer in the time of crisis. At first. Because if people ask me, yeah, but what about this person that got healed? And the, their, their blood work's all normal now. Oh, okay, but have we... Melvin Sisson, the evangelist I mentioned earlier, did a sermon, it's called The Film is Being Developed. Meaning that when you first take a picture, and let's say it's a Polaroid film, okay, where the, the, the film comes out of the camera and you put it down on the table and it takes like two or three minutes to develop. Well, in the first ten seconds, the film's not developed yet. In other words, you don't know how that's going to turn out. Okay? If Satan can heal you, and you get this supposed miraculous healing, and you get deceived and deluded, and this happens all the time in the New Age movement, and you end up going to hell, so what? So what that you got healed? You got, you, you're going to hell. Would you rather not have been healed and went to heaven? Or not been deceived and deceived others? I mean, you know, you can go down that rabbit trail a long way. Go ahead. Yeah, Doug just brought up a good point because we, we talk about the litmus test should be like things like, you know, fear of God, holy living, fruit of the Spirit, these types of things. But that's not, that's not, that's not the litmus test. The litmus test for them is, are you getting healed? Oh, oh, did you, did you go there? Oh, I had this euphoric thing happen to me. Oh, I got a, I, I, I came out of there with a jewel. Or, or, or my teeth turned gold. Or whatever. You know, I had gold dust on me when I came out. That's, that's the line, signs, and wonder litmus test. Sure. But no, 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 no. When it comes, you don't hear these people kind of like Todd Bentley saying, Oh, did you see the holy living of that man? What a man of God he is. You know? No, you don't see that. No. So, Going further with this, it says that first these Jesus demons would bring healing and a sense of euphoria to the believer in the time of crisis. But later, once ground, once, um, ground had been established, they would actually torment the believer, hinder their prayer life, Bible study, and many times would actually be able to knock the person unconscious during the laying on of hands at other meetings. They would also bring on uncontrollable manifestations, such as jerking or slithering like a snake on the ground. Great point. Very important point. Because I know a lot of, particularly women, that are caught up in the charismatic movement, that become worse and worse and worse. And you can't tell them a thing. Because they believe they're hearing directly from God. And it doesn't matter what you tell them. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. All that matters is what they believe God is telling them. These people, many times, I believe, are absolutely, totally demon-possessed, and they have no clue that they're demon-possessed. They're so far gone, though, they cannot see the forest before the trees. That's really dangerous, because, again, being turned over to a reprobate mind, having your conscience sealed with a hot iron, <laughs> you know, when you cross that line, I don't think there's any coming back. Where that line is, I don't know, that's between them and God. But... This is what happens. And these people, I, and I'm, I don't mean to pick on charismatic women, but I've had a lot of experience with charismatic women in particular. Not to say the men are, are great, but the women are usually the ones that wears the pants, which is totally unbiblical as well. Because they, it seems like they have more interaction with these spirits, whether they call it Jesus or angels or whatever. But these people, and particularly the women, have more problems 
than anybody I've ever been around, ever. They have more social, physical, mental problems than any other sect of society I have personally ever been around. And I had this one lady that I knew, and she constantly, every night, she said she had to pray all the way until morning in order just to basically just keep the demons away. It was this constant 24-7, the devil at her door, never-ending battle. And I thought to myself, you know, the way, if, if, a, if a person were to look at her as a, new, as a baby Christian, it, in her life, it looked as though God was almost inept and incapable of keeping these demonic entities away. And every time I talk to her, oh, just the worst spiritual battle I've ever been in my whole life, ever. I just heard that the night before last. It's been two weeks of it solid. And I'm thinking, you're telling me you haven't got any sleep in two weeks? I mean, come on. Eh, something's not adding up here. You know? And, and I'm telling you, I've seen this over and over and over again. Um, and this, what I just read you, totally confirms why that would happen. Because once these demons get a foothold, more demons come in, more doors get created, they're more tormented, their prayer life's hindered, their Bible studies are hindered, their discernment's totally hindered. Um, and yet they think that they have this preeminence with God. Well, God talks to me personally. I hear from him every day on a daily basis. In fact, sometimes I see Jesus, I see angels, and all this other stuff. Well, so do occultists. They, they claim that they can see spirits. They have their third eye opened. That's occultic. That's something you shouldn't try to attain for. There's no biblical precedence for trying to attain for that. I'm not saying God can open up the third heaven and show you whatever he wants to show you, but... Anyway... So this was at the beginning of what eventually would be called the prophetic movement. And this is this guy talking. He said, this is what the demonic manifestations of Christians became when they became epidemic. As I tried to warn my colleagues, I would be ridiculed as being mentally deluded, crazy, or out of my mind. I was bombarded with theological lectures about how Christians could never be demon-possessed. question is, are they Christians? Okay. No longer was my expertise wanted in this movement that was developing a lust for supernatural experiences. Remember, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Jesus said that himself. It is my professional and personal opinion that when Todd Bentley calls upon Jesus or asking the congregation if the congregation can feel Jesus, that he is not talking about Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Bible, or the Lord of... Um, you know, our Lord, he is calling on demonic manifestations by a demon who has taken on the name of Jesus. Okay? This demonic Jesus will give the people a feeling of sexual euphoria many times. Remember what I said before what was going on in Todd Bentley? It is a derivative of sexual energy that witches use during incantations and spells to entice their targets. This is heavy duty stuff. But it absolutely confirms, you know, my research. So let me say that again. The demonic Jesus will give a pe people a feeling of sexual euphoria. It is a derivative of sexual energy, demonic energy, which is used during incantations and spells to entice their targets. This situation is much more dangerous than you could ever imagine. And extreme caution must be taken. Satan can imitate nearly all miracles that Jesus performed. We as Christians have been warned by the word, to try the spirits. And then in the end times, many of God's people would be deceived, and that many shall not endure sound doctrine, but give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. All that I can do is give you the knowledge, discernment, and expertise that the Lord has enabled me to have. Now you will be held accountable to do what you do with that knowledge. May God bless you with discernment and the revelation of true truth. I thought that was a very, very, very good article. I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we'll go to part two next.